been a wild week of football. Um, I want to just start out just basically talking about the AFC and the NFC uh, championship games. Um, unfortunately, this is my disclaimer to go ahead and start off with. I was in uh, Seattle, Washington over the weekend, um, just taking a visit and handling a little bit of business with my family. And uh, so I missed a, pretty much all the games this week. So my perspective that I'm offering, just make sure you understand as you listen to me, is based off of highlights and videos and ESPN that I saw. So if I make any mistakes, I apologize already. But one of the first things that I noticed when I uh, was watching some of the highlights when I got home and got off the flight was the, the first thing that jumped out at me was the fumble on near the goal line by I think it was uh, Flowers, Zay Flowers. And that stood out to me because it's one of the things that you teach a kid at a young age and you know when you're in baby peewee football it's to protect the ball protect the ball protect the ball it's better to get tackled at the three yard line or four yard line than it is to try to stretch out and get those extra plays or just try to make something spectacular happen because you know things like that happen so that fumble to me was something that could have been prevented. And I know that's easy for me to sit here from the comfort of my chair or watching highlights and say, and sit here and nitpick like so many analysts do. But that was one of the first things that jumped out at me was just like, man, you should have held onto that ball. I know you're trying to make a big play. And, and sometimes players do get caught up in that moment of, wow, I got to make a big play. You know, I'm going to score. I can be the hero of the game. Sometimes being the hero of the game is just simply doing your job. So to me, that I don't. I'm not going to say that that was a play that made or or broke the game, but that was something that just stood out to me. That was like ball security, ball protection. I mean, coaches harp on that so much. I mean, nowadays players are so talented. They go for the ball. You know, they punch the ball out, and, and they they're going for turnovers. They're trying to make turnovers because the defense has been kind of. Um, limited into how you can hit people and what you can do. So it makes it tough on defense. So now guys have really gone after stripping the ball and making those plays on defense. So that was one of the main plays that I saw, like I said, from highlights. I, I hate that I was traveling, but, you know, it was for a good reason. Um, and the second thing I have to say is after watching some of the highlights from the San Francisco-Detroit game, I think – Detroit came out in that first half and they were excited. They had the momentum of the city. It had been so long. I mean, it was just so much to root for for Detroit that I think they came out there with that. They were pumped up. The adrenaline was going. And, and they jumped out early. I mean, they jumped out early. And it almost looked like Brock Purdy was human. You know, everybody was like, oh, you know, you can see the things on social media. Oh, Brock Purdy's not as good. He's a game manager. Well, you know, there's ebbs and flow in football, and especially in a big game like an NFC championship game, you know, you're, you have to make adjustments. And I think that San Francisco, they took those blows in the first half and they bobbed and they weaved and, and they took some good shots. And everybody was probably thinking, oh, the game's over, Detroit's going. But it's a game of two halves. And in the second half, they came out. San Francisco made some amazing adjustments. I think I saw the run with something like 21-7. to And, you know, that's what champions do. You know, San Francisco, they came out there, they played their game in the first half, it wasn't working. The coaches made adjustments, and, and you take a, a franchise that is known for winning championships, who's been there, they have these veteran leaders, and, and not to say that Detroit doesn't, but I feel like once that emotion wore off, and once that excitement, of the thrill of being there, now it's down to playing football, and who's the better team? And San Francisco came away with that win. And and it was an amazing win. And, like, I just hate that I missed that game. But it was just, 
it was so great just to watch the highlights and, and to see how they fought back and how they played. So for me, Kansas City and San Francisco being in that game, being in in the Super Bowl, it, it's going to be amazing. I think you have two veteran teams with uh, huge history when it comes to football and Super Bowls. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes who's blazing away right now. He's making his own legacy. You have San Francisco who's known for the Joe Montana, Steve Young, um, Jerry Rice. I mean, they have a history of Super Bowls and they have a history of going to the Super Bowl. And so I think that you have two very veteran teams that are going to give us a really good game. And I guess I can go ahead and make my prediction now. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say Kansas City wins this game. Um, I like to lean towards the veteran guy, guys who've been there before, because it does it is something to be said about somebody who's been there multiple times and they understand what to what to expect. You know, the media presence won't be too much for them to bear, you know, because Patrick Mahomes has been there. The Chiefs have been there. A lot of those guys on that team have been to multiple Super Bowls. So I think that's going to be a big factor in who wins that game because there's so much that goes on during the championship week. I mean, there's media appearances there. You have to be at this meeting. You have to be at this meeting. This person wants your time. This group of people wants your time. So there's just you're being pulled in so many directions. But I I want to think that Kansas City is going to get it done. I think Patrick Mahomes is is chasing some history here, and I think that he definitely wants to cement himself as one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. So you know, for me, it's going to be a really good game. I think Brock Purdy, and that's not to 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 discount Brock Purdy because I know there are a lot of people out there that have <laughs> I'll be careful here there are a lot of people out there that have a lot to say about Brock Purdy for whatever reason um, and I think I kind of want to touch on that a little bit um, Mr. Irrelevant I, I really hate that term because it's something that I think the fans and the NFL talk about way too much if you make it in the NFL you're a really good player you know, when and in given the opportunity in the right situations, I think all players can be successful. And that's what Brock Purdy has. And, you know, when you hear the word game manager, I think all quarterbacks are game managers. You get a lead, you want to make sure you manage that. You don't want to go out and throw interceptions. You don't want to do anything that's going to hurt your team. So when that term gets thrown around, I think we've made it into something negative. But any good quarterback is going to manage the game. He's not going to give – He's not going to hurt his team. He's always going to try to help his team. So when he does make mistakes, he wants to go back out there and correct those mistakes. So I think the word game manager has become too much of a cliche. And, and we want to uh, hang our hat on, well, that's a negative. Well, okay, I, I mean, I guess, but every quarterback to me is a game manager. They have to go out there and manage the game. You want to put your offense in the best possible situations. If you can't score touchdowns, then get field goals. You don't, if you turn the ball over, you don't want to do it too often because now you put your defense against the rope. So to me, that term applies to every quarterback. You know, however you want to rate them, what you want to say about them, that they're great is, they're Mr. Irrelevant. Every quarterback's job is to manage the game and to win games. So part of winning games is to manage those games. So, you know, I think that when people do that, it, it just it just gets too much hype when it doesn't really need that. But so after talking about all that, I want to get into what, you know, this I'm excited about this. I get to talk about the Super Bowl. So I want to talk about when I was with the Giants and, you know, what it was like for us. You know, when we were in that season, um, 2007, 2008 season, um, that was towards the end of my career. You know, I was getting a little 
little gray hairs, and it was about my time to retire. So when I ended up with the Giants, I really didn't expect a whole lot that season. You know, I figured this was probably going to be my last run, and you know, however it ended is how it ended. So as that season went on, we weren't that great at home. I mean, we lost a lot of games at home, but for some reason we could go on the road and win. So as the season went on, expectations weren't at weren't the highest for us. But all of a sudden we found ourselves in a situation where, wow, if we win two of the last three games, we got a chance to make it to the playoffs. And, you know, two of those games that we had to win, one was in Buffalo and then one was against – the uh, New England Patriots at the end of the season. Well, we definitely didn't want to deal with that, or we didn't want to have to deal with that smoke with them. So we won two out of the three last games, and one of the big games that we won was in Buffalo um, in a freezing environment, hostile environment, and we went up there. Eli played a great game. Ahmad Bradshaw ran for 150 yards, I think, something like that, something amazing. So we were able to cement that uh, place in the playoffs without having to deal with New England Patriots. So when we played the Patriots at home, it was a game of, like, we had no pressure because we knew that we were coming into this game and we had already, you know, punched our ticket to go to the playoffs. You know, we were going to be a wild card game, but it didn't really matter that we were going to be wild card. We were there. I think that the pressure for New England was greater than it was for us because we knew that we were already in. We weren't chasing any kind of history because, you know, our record, we were 8-8. Eight and eight. So this this game at this point really didn't matter one way or another to us. So we came in very free and very loose. And I think for the Patriots, it was more pressure. Um, they're chasing history. You know, they're 15-0 and 0 right now or 16-0. and 0. You know, they're, they're chasing perfection. And, you know, to stumble at the end of the season – would have been just horrific for them, I think. So all the pressure to us was on them. So coming into this game, it was a David and Goliath type of game where nobody expected us to win this game. Nobody but us in the locker room. Even the fans, I'm sure, that were coming for the game and were rooting for the Giants, it was like, okay, we want to see a good game, but we don't really think you're going to win this game. So all the pressure was off of us. We were very loose coming into the game. And as the game went on, it we, we started to realize, like, these guys aren't invincible. You know, they bleed like we do. They put their pants on one leg at a time. There's nothing special about them. We have to go out here and play a game. And I remember talking to one of the younger players that night because at this point, like I said, I was a little bit older. I was close to retirement. And I remember I was doing a lot of special teams at this point, kickoff return. Um, you know, I was on the wedge. So I remember talking to our young kickoff returner, and I, and I hate that I can't think of his name right now. And I remember talking to him the night before the game. We were kind of at the team dinner or team snack. We were just kind of sitting around, just everybody just talking about what was coming up. And I remember sitting there talking with him and just kind of helping a young player who, you know, he was nervous and he's out there and he's he's got to return this kickoff. So, you know, there's just a lot of pressure on him. And I remember that night just kind of being like, hey, you know, give us a chance. Like, get behind the wedge, let us block for you, and I promise you, you know, good things are going to happen. And basically I was just trying to help him understand that you don't have to do it all on your own. You know, there's 10 other guys out there that are there to help you and want to help you be successful. And I remember going into that game, and you know, like I said, it's the last game of the season. We're in New York. It's freezing cold, but, you know, the fans are there. It's 
great atmosphere. It's the New England Patriots. Everybody wants to see this. They want to see the underdog beat Goliath. And we went out there and we put on a hell of a show. I mean, it, it was one of those games that the entire game, you're, hey, we're in this game. These guys aren't as tough as they as everybody wants to paint them to be. It was kind of like when Rocky fought the big Russian and he was like, you know, He's a man. He's not a machine. He's a man. And that's how we kind of looked at it. You know, we took their best blows. They took our blows. So it was just back and forth. And I remember it came down. We were on kickoff return and we came out on that. We came out, got set up. And I looked at the young man and I was like, hey, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Trusting your guys around you. Give us a chance. And I remember when they kicked the ball off, you know, you're waiting. You, you run back. You know, you line up about seven, eight, ten yards in front of him or a returner, and you're just waiting. He catches the ball, and you get that go, go, go. And we took off, and I just remember making contact and just heard the pop of the pads, and all of a sudden I just saw like a blur go right but right beside me, and I was like, oh, what was that? And I look up, and it's the kickoff returner, and I mean, he is just in the wind. He's gone, and, and I'm just at the 30-yard line because I'm a big dude at this point, and I'm watching a receiver run down the field, and I'm just cheering from the other end, just screaming and yelling, and he returned it for a touchdown, and I just remember feeling like so proud. It, it was like a, a father moment where you're like, man, he listened to me, and he had success. So for me, I, I was able to teach a young fellow that, you know, Work within the system. You don't have to do anything that's too big. You don't have to try to do something that's outside of what's asked of you. Your job is to return the kick. Your job is to stay behind your blockers. So trust me that I'm going to do my job. And then everybody else did their job, and it was so amazing. And he ran. I mean, he went for a touchdown. And I'm running down the field trying to celebrate, but I'm like, you know what? I'll catch him on the sideline. That's too far to go. And, you know, unfortunately, that game didn't turn out the way we, we would have liked. But we realized, like, they're not that good. I mean, yeah, they're they're Patriots and they're a high octane offense and Tom Brady, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Randy Moss, one of the best to ever do it. But at the end of the day, it was our defensive line against their offensive line. And we felt like after that game that we could get them. And we felt like even then we started to build the momentum heading into the playoffs of we can handle these boys. Like they're not that good. If we ever see them again, we have their we have their number. We can get them, you know. So that was that excitement going into that that confidence that we built, even off of a loss. It was like, yeah, you beat me, but if we were to see each other again, I don't think the outcome would be the same. And I just remember going back to the hotel that night because when I was in New York and I didn't have a I didn't have a home or an apartment, I just stayed in kind of an extended stay. So I remember going back to the room and after all the hype and everything had worn down, I'm watching ESPN, watching the highlights. And I remember they showed that play and the way they showed it on ESPN was absolutely amazing. I mean, I'm like, wow, I was literally there when that play happened and it didn't seem that exciting. But the way they built it up on ESPN, I was like, that was the greatest play I've ever seen in my life. And, and so for me, it was just confirmation that, you know what, we're going to do all right in the playoffs. I mean, now, to be honest, which I don't even think I thought we would make it that far in the playoffs. You know, I, I thought, you know, we're going in as a wild card and, you know, I don't even know the stats on when's the last time a wild card uh, team made it from the very bottom all the way to the top. But that's what we did. So coming into the playoffs, it was an excitement. It was a buzz that was just like, wow, you know, I'd only been in my nine year career. I think I'd only been in the playoffs like twice. So this is my second time. The, the year before I was with Seattle and um, we played Tampa Bay, just like we did with the Giants. And then we played uh, against the Cowboys. 
And when I was with Seattle, that was when uh, Tony Rumble fumbled the um, field goal, and that's how we won that game. But going into the uh, wild card game with the Giants, uh, we played Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Great environment. If you've never been there, awesome environment. You get to see that big pirate ship, and they shoot the cannons off. And, I mean, we went down there, and it was just we really put foot to butt and we had a great game. I think one of the big things about that game, we had, um, I think we caused three turnovers and they had zero. So, you know, once again, going back to the uh, Flowers fumble, if you can limit your turnovers, you give your team and you give yourself an opportunity to be successful. So, you know, that game, we went down to Tampa Bay and we won that game and it was, we dominated on all sides of the ball. Um, it was one of those games. It was, uh, I think, it was twenty-four to fourteen. So we went down there, and you know, we were in control the entire time. And I just remember, like, okay, that's the wild card game behind us. We won. You know, it was exciting. Now it's back to the drawing board. Now you look at film, and you're getting ready for your next opponent. And so our next opponent was the Dallas Cowboys. And um, I remember, <laughs> because I'm from North Carolina, I have a lot of family members that are big-time Cowboys fans. Oh, we them boys every year. This is our year that we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I remember having a conversation with my uncle who was um, in North Carolina, and he's a huge Cowboys fan. Just like any Cowboys fan, he die hard. He swears he's the biggest Cowboy fan. And that season, the Cowboys had beat us twice, and they whooped up on us pretty good. So this was our third time playing a team, and I remember talking to him before the game, and uh, he was like, you know, nephew, I love you. Um, I hope you have a great game, but you know your run is over. And I was kind of like – Oh damn! <laughs> you know you're you're my family member. Like you, it's over. He's like, yeah, you know, hey man, I love you. I hope you go out there and get ten sacks. But yeah, y'all not gonna do it. I mean, he just was bad mouthing Eli, bad mouthing our team. And so I remember going out there and we were playing that game. And it's just like any other football game. You're excited, but you're locked in on what's going on. And when we won that game, I mean, we came back. And we beat up on the Cowboys, which is always a good feeling, especially a divisional opponent. And I remember just after the game, that that stadium was just so quiet. Because in the playoffs, as you know, once you lose, you go home. So that was it. So here it is yet again, another year that the Cowboys were supposed to do it, and they're going home. So it was just, for us, it was just this amazing feeling like, yeah, we sent y'all home. But for me... I only had one thing on my mind. I had to get on the phone, and I was about to call somebody. And I was about to call that same man that said it was over. And I called him, and I remember my auntie picked up the phone, and I said, where is he? Put him on the phone. Put him on the phone. She goes, Russell, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's upset. You know how the cowboy. I said, no, no, I don't want to hear that. He's got to he's answer for what he said. And I, I got on the phone. I was like, where are them boys at now? <laughs> and he was to use some words that I'm going to I'm going to choose not to use right now but you know I I talked with him and we had a great conversation and I actually remember I said hey man I actually have a surprise for you I know how much of a fan you are and I had talked to Emmett and Emmett was on the bus and I said hey man you know do you mind just saying what's up to my uncle and he was like yeah sure man no problem so I gave him the phone I said hey I'm gonna put you on the phone with Emmett and he gets on the phone he's like hey how you doing and he was like like a little kid. It was complete silence. And, my, and I remember Emmett being like, hey, you there? 
And I said, dude, he's in shock right now. <laughs> he laughed at me and he was like, hey, I heard you're a big Cowboys fan. And then finally it came through like, I'm talking to Emmett Smith. And all of a sudden it was like a million questions. And I remember Emmett looking at me like, giving me that look like, hey, can you take the phone? <laughs> so I took the phone from him and was just like, man, I appreciate that. But, you know, that was, that was something that when we were down there and we won that game, it was an opportunity for me to share something with my family. It was something that I knew that they would always take with them for a lifetime. And even though he lost, he was just like, man, you know, I wish you the best now, nephew, because you're in it now. Now I can root for you 100%. And so after that game, as, as always, now we're one game away from the uh, Super Bowl. And we are jacked. I mean, we, we're now, we have to go up to Green Bay. We have to go to the frozen tundra. And it's freezing cold. I mean, if you've ever been to Green Bay in the wintertime, you know you, what you see on TV does it no justice. You have to literally be in it. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of paint a little picture here. Um, when there's only 53 men on a roster when it comes to a football squad or active roster, those guys are going to be the 53 that you basically get to choose from week in and week out of who's going to play. Obviously, you have your 11 starters on both sides of the ball. You have guys that are going to be um, high contributors that are going to get a lot of snaps even though they're not a starter. So like I had said early on, you know, I was getting older. This is my ninth season. Um, so we were playing against Green Bay Packers going against Brett Favre, gunslinger. So the decision was made that we're going to go more with a defensive line of pass rushers and we're not going to worry, lean as heavy on worrying about stopping the run. So unfortunately that game, um, you know, I didn't dress. So, you know, because you had to decide, okay, we need DBs, we need pass rushers, we need people that can really um, can do a good job when it comes to coverage and rushing the pass. And unfortunately, at that point in time in my career, I wasn't a great pass rusher. You know, that's just to be honest with you, um, I was big and heavy um, playing the run. I was a good run stopper, but they did not think that this was going to be a game where they were going to run the ball. They thought this game was going to be won through the air. So, you know, the decision was made that I wasn't going to dress, which, you know, it's perfectly fine. I'm still there. I'm still enjoying the environment. But I remember being on the sideline and coming out of that tunnel, and it was just freezing cold. But these fans are just rabid, and they're just going nuts, and they're screaming, and they're yelling. It's like, whoa, like this is amazing. So, you know, this was like the first time in my career where I didn't get to dress. So, you know, leading up to it, it was a little bit like I was a little bit upset, a little bit frustrated. But, you know, it's just part of the game and you have to accept that and you deal with it and, you know, you get over it. But being out there and being a part of that atmosphere and, you know, so I found other ways to help. I wasn't on the field, but I was kind of an assistant coach. Like when the guys would come off the field, you know, the coaches would say what they needed to say to the players. And then I'd come along and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm noticing on this particular play when they run to the right, the offensive guard leans that way or, you know, just any little thing that I may be able to see that the player on the field can't see because you're so locked in. You're so, I got to be there. I got to, okay, this guy's in front of me. And all I'm seeing is this, whereas I'm somebody who played the game. I understand the position, but I'm also being able to see all the offensive linemen. I don't just have to focus on one guy. So, you know, for me, I was able to help the team by being an extra pair of eyes for guys. And it got to a point to where they would come off the field and even when they were rotating in and out, guys would come to the side and they'd be like, hey, what are you seeing? And so that was my way of helping. And I remember, funny story, <laughs> I remember a young lady, or actually two of them that were at Green Bay, 
and they had uh, these toboggans on. They were in jeans, but they had on bikini tops. Freezing cold. I mean, it is freezing cold. And so, of course, they had a lot to drink. And I remember one of them just yelling at me. She just kept yelling. And she was like, yeah, baby, welcome to the cold. And I'm looking at her. I got on a thick jacket. I got on gloves. And I'm just like, you're nuts, lady. Like, this is freezing cold. So they thrive in that. They love that for their team. But um, as the game went on, it was a great game. And, I mean, if you remember, if you watched that game, uh, it ended in overtime. I think the uh, final score was 23-20. to And one of the scariest moments that I feel or, yeah, I think for me, probably the toughest environment to play in or the toughest situation to play in is in overtime. Because unlike in a regular game, you don't have extra time. You know, uh, when we played, it was the first to score won the game. Now they've changed that rule, and they've given both teams an opportunity to try to win. But for us, and, and at my time, and I feel so old saying that, during my time, um, it wasn't like that. So we go out for the coin toss, and, you know, we I think, uh, I think Green Bay may have won. Defense goes out first. We stop them. So that's awesome. So, all right, now offense, here's your chance to get the ball. You got to go down and you have to score. So you're watching from the sideline. And as intense as you may think it is when you're watching on TV, it's even more intense when you're on the sideline and you can see it happening. I mean, it's just like, oh, my God, okay, every play matters. You know, every decision that you make at this point matters because there is no next play. You know, you can mess up and they get the ball and they go score and the game's over. So we're driving the ball down the field. We're making some great plays. I think it was five or six plays we get in field goal range. And one of the scariest times or moments for any player is when that field goal kicker is on the field and you're on the sideline and the game's out of your hands. You know, it's up to this guy. You believe in him, you trust him, but you're just like, you say a prayer. You're like, oh my God, please make this field goal. Please don't miss this field goal. You miss this. I mean, it's all this stuff, but you try to be positive, but it's hard because you think about all the things that could go wrong. You're in Green Bay. You know, what if a big gust of wind comes and carries it? I mean, obviously we saw that this year with Buffalo. You know, the wind plays a huge factor in these games. And so... He lines up, and I'm just—I just remember being on the sideline, like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Like, "Please make this kick, please make this kick!" And he sent it through with such confidence and and, and like a almost arrogance, like, "Yeah, I'm that guy." Which for a field goal kicker, you always say you have one job to do, and he went out there and did it. And I remember the feeling that we had, knowing, "Oh my god, we're going to the Super Bowl!" Like, we're actually in the Super Bowl. And for me, it had been nine years. You know, I play—I was drafted by the Bears. Um, got released from there then the Cardinals picked me up and I played here for six years and you know that was when we were in Sun Devil Stadium so you know we weren't that great (laughs) playoffs were uh, a a distant thing for us so you know playing six years seven years in the NFL never even being close to being in the playoffs went to Seattle that was my first year being in the playoffs so I was so excited and then towards the end of my career well the end of my career now I'm nine years in and I'm actually on my way to the Super Bowl. Like this is like this is what dreams are made of. This is everything you dream about as a young man, as a young kid, when you're in the backyard playing football and you're throwing the ball up to yourself and you're making these amazing catches, just envisioning what it's gonna be like when you're there one day. And this is just as a kid. So to actually be there and to be a part of that and to be in that environment and once again 
to shut down a hostile crowd, a bunch of fans who are thinking like, yeah, Brett Favre, he's the greatest, and we're gonna beat y'all. You know, you you have uh, you have the other the other brother, you have the other Peyton Manning brother. You know, we only know Peyton. Who's this other Manning brother? For him to go out there and climb out of that shadow, I, I thought was amazing. And so we we win Green Bay, and we're in the locker room, and it's just a huge celebration. And everything you see on TV, guys with the champagne bottles and throwing water on each other because you're so hot, excited that at the end of the day, you're still a kid and you still have this love for the game. And now to know that you are going to be playing on the biggest stage of your career, it was just the most amazing thing for us. So we go back to New York, and we're getting ready for the game. We're preparing for the Patriots, and now that. Uh, that confidence that we had after we played them the first time when we realized, you know what? We can play with you. Now we got an opportunity to prove that. We've been saying it. We Do we really believe it now? So now we have to go out there and we have to prove this to the entire world because now you're dealing with the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game out there. Everybody's watching. So we're we're just like, for me anyway, I'm like, Oh my God, like we're really in the Super Bowl. Like this is this is what you dream of, but now you're here and there's all these emotions. And it's just like I said in the beginning, for us, you know, it was our first time being there. It was my first time being there. So I know the excitement and the joy. So when we left to uh left New York to come to Arizona, you know, I was like so excited. I was just like, oh my God, you know, I, we're really gonna be here. We're really doing this. And, and it was just, it got to a point to where I was just like, yo, you need to relax, like calm down. You're about to blow a gasket just thinking about this. So, you know, for us being there and for me being a part of that was just so great and to be in that playoff and to be on that playoff run. So once we landed and we got here in Arizona, it was business as usual. Um, but for me, because my family's here, my mother was here, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my kids, my wife, you know, they were all able to be a part of the experience, you know, being around the players and being a part of that atmosphere. So leading up to the game, for me, it, it was a homecoming. I, I, I didn't have any pressure on me. I was, um, like I said, I was nine years in. I really wasn't expecting to play a lot. I was just excited to be a part of everything that was going on. So... As the game gets closer, you know, I'm talking to my family. I'm able to drive from the hotel to my house, which is 20 minutes. So I was able to spend time at home. I could take my kids out there, meet some of the players, and be around all this. So it was just great for my family. And I remember coming up to, you know, game time and being locked in at the hotel and being focused on what we needed to do the night before the game. It was so surreal. And it was like, wow, we play a Super Bowl tomorrow. Like, man, you know, I, I just remember I could not sleep that night. And I didn't want to take anything because I was like, I didn't want to oversleep. And I was like, okay, but I want to sleep. I need to sleep. And so it's just all these emotions going on. And I'm somebody, I'm not a plexico burst. You know, I'm not uh, Manning. You know, I, I'm, I'm not one of these star players. So if I'm feeling like this, what are they feeling? Like, what what is going through their mind right now? Are they relaxed and calm? Or is they, are they as stressed out as I am? So, you know, for me, 
I was a nervous wreck. Like I had a hard time managing my feelings that night and my emotional like stress level. And, and I say stress in a good way because this is something you've always wanted for wanted, and this is something that you've always wanted to be a part of. But now you're here. You're like, oh my god, like this is really happening. And I'm gonna be in the Super Bowl tomorrow. And I'm gonna be playing against Tom Brady. And you know, Randy Moss is gonna be on the field. Wes Welker's out there. Like all these names, you become starstruck. At least for me, anyway, because I'm a huge fan of the game so you know as we get up it's a normal routine you get up you know you have maybe a meeting before breakfast uh depending on your coach you may have something then you have your team lunch you have um you know team dinner depending on you know like i said once again the schedule and what it allows for so once we got everything taken care of at the hotel we get on the bus and i think a lot of times when you see guys walking in with their headphones on for me, that's a way to block out everything around me. Um, you you don't want to hear people chanting. You don't want to hear anything. You you already understand the gravity of what you're about to do. You already understand what's at stake. Like you're carrying the weight of a, an entire state on your shoulders. You know you're carrying all these fans with you. So you you come into a game and there's just this amount of stress that is unbelievable. I mean, you are under a level of stress that I don't think most people could imagine coming into this game because your fans are like, yeah, we're here. We're the road warriors. I mean, we had adopted that name because we were so good on the road. But, of course, during this time, you know, it's the New England Patriots. They're coming off undefeated. They've won every game. I mean, they're just steamrolling teams. I mean, they're looking like they're unstoppable at this point. So all that pre-hype and all that confidence that you had, I know for me, it's like, whoa, it's real now. Like, you really have to back it up now. Like, you're going to be a part of something great. No matter what you do, you're going to be a part of history. Do you want to be on the winning side or do you want to be on the losing side of history? So for me, it was just this intense, almost fear. Dare I say fear? Yeah. I was afraid. Like, oh my God, have I worked hard enough? You know, you start to doubt yourself. And I remember having to be like, Dude, you don't play nine years in the NFL and not know what you're doing. You know how to prepare. You know what you need to do. You slept. You got food. You did everything that you needed to do to be here. Just relax. But it's that level of like always wanting to do more, always wanting to be better. And I remember kind of talking to my wife on the way to the game. And, you know, guys do that. And they'll kind of you hear them in the background like, hey, baby, how you doing? Because you don't want to talk too loud. You're on the bus. And so you don't want to disturb anybody. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? She goes, mm, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm so scared. <laughs> I just remember being like, I'm so scared right now. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you've been here before. You've played football. I said, no, no, no. This is the Super Bowl. She was like, what do you always say? It's no different. Any? I said, I know that. I hear you. But it is different. <laughs> you know, she had to talk me down a little bit. And I remember getting to the stadium. And you, you come in. And you get off the bus. And, and the first thing you're thinking when you get off the bus is you got your headphones on. You got to have the straight stone face. You need to look like nothing's bothering you. And you're so focused. But deep down, I mean, your heart is pounding through your chest. You're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, can I do this? Okay, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. But you want to show the world that it's okay. Like, nothing's bothering me. I'm focused on what I'm doing. So I remember being in the locker room. And, um, you know, once again, I didn't be – I wasn't able to dress. And it really broke my heart because, once again, they had to make that decision of, 
is it pass rush? Are we worried more about the run? Or are we more worried about their uh, passing game? Are we more worried about Tom Brady and his receivers? Or are we worried about Tom Brady and his running back? So once again, they decided that they were going to err on the side of, I say err, they decided to go with the pass attack, and they were more worried about that. So, you know, unfortunately I wasn't able to play that game. So I didn't dress, but I was still a part of everything that was going on. And I remember being in the locker room, and when they came and told me, I kind of prepared myself for that. I kind of thought that it may happen, so it wasn't a complete shock this time like it was against Green Bay, but it was still kind of disheartening to be like, God, you know, I really wanted to play in this game. I wanted to be a part of this. But, you know, once again, I found a way to help the team. I knew last time against Green Bay, guys were like, man, that was so helpful. You gave me some real good information. So I knew that even though I wasn't going to be a part of it, the action, I was still a part of the action. So I get dressed, and I remember being in the locker room and watching guys move around. And I know how I am. I don't like to be bothered before a game. I don't want people, you know, I don't like guys running around the locker room making a bunch of noise, music blaring. I just want to focus on what I have to do. So I remember getting dressed, putting on my uh, sideline outfit, and I just kind of tap the boys up. Hey, man, good luck, good luck, good luck. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's win this and bring it home. And I remember going out on the field and just wanting to be a part of the atmosphere. And I went out there, and I'm just like, wow, this is the Super Bowl. And I'm looking around, and, and I remember before the game, I went over and I talked to my wife, and I was able to talk to my kids. And, you know, I told her I wasn't dressing, and she was like, it's okay. You know, we're here. You know, you worked so hard to be here. That's out of your control. You can't worry about that. So just she really helped me when it came to dealing with that because it was tough. You know, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be out there in the mix with the guys, but I wasn't able to. And so – as the game starts, you know, they're singing the national well, – I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. There was all this pregame hype. Um, Jordan Sparks was out there. I got to watch her warm up and sing. Uh, Alicia Keys was there. So I was like, oh, my God, there's Alicia Keys. I was, like, really fanboying over a lot of stuff. Um, and so I remember we went back in, and Coach gave a pregame talk. And, um, you know, we came out there, and we came out that tunnel – and I'll say this now, looking back on it, I wish I had ran out the tunnel. Um, for me, I felt like, well, I'm not dressed. I, I'm not a part of the team. You know, I, I'm going to stand on the sideline and I'm going to watch them come out. And I'm going to see what's going on. I wanted to see it from the other side. And looking back on it, I regret not coming out of that tunnel with the team. Um, it was exciting. From my standpoint, I got to see them run out. I got to see the film when they put it up on TV talking about how great we did for that season. I got to see all those flashing lights that people talk about. But I hate that I didn't run out the tunnel with the team. That was something that I kind of – I still regret to this day that I made the decision because I was feeling sorry for myself that, well, I'm not dressed. I'm not part of the team. I don't want to bother anybody. So – you know, that was kind of my sad point there. But once they came out, the excitement of the game, it, it was going on. And it was amazing. It, it was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, the game gets going. And once again, it's just a game again. And I'm over there and I'm helping the guys and I'm giving them, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I think. And when you watch the game, you could tell. We we were locked in. The defensive line was going crazy. Strahan, O.C. Humanior, Justin Tuck, all those guys were just having a monster game. And I remember, and this is something that I don't think very many people know, 
Um, during that game, Plexico Burris had hurt his knee. Like he had hurt his knee really bad to the point to where by halftime, I think New England knew he was hurt and they weren't even doubling him anymore. They were giving him more of a one-on-one scenario. So, you know, they he was a non-factor that first half. But as, in the second half, once again, it's a game of adjustments. We moved him to the opposite side. We started focusing more on Amani Toomer. We started getting David Tyree the ball more. And um, one of the stories that I love that I saw directly from the sideline is the play you know, when David Tyree caught the ball on his helmet. And I remember watching, um, oh my God, I'm gonna draw a blank on these, uh, uh, Eli Manning, sorry, when Eli was um, in the pocket and it was collapsing and they had him wrapped up and he just squirmed and got his way out of there. And I'm like, oh my God, get out, get out. The whole time I'm like commenting on everything that he's doing. Run, 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 no, don't do that, don't do this, do that, do that. And he turned and he threw the ball downfield and I remember thinking to myself, like, what the are you doing? Why the would you throw that? And David Tyree goes up, catches the ball on his helmet. And I'm like, yeah, just like we drew it up. Like, I'm just so excited because I'm like, that's a huge play. And it was a turning point in the game. And then after that, Plexico scores. But what people don't know is that his knee was hurt so bad that when he was on the right side, I believe it was his right knee because he couldn't really plant and do anything. So what we had made the adjustment of is we moved him to the left side, and now at this point he's going against their second-best DB one-on-one because they're like, he's hurt, he can't do anything. And he was now on the left side, so now he can plant off off the good foot. And I remember he ran his route and he was wide open in the end zone and Eli threw it to him and caught it and it was such an amazing play. And that's something that's behind the scenes that you don't know what these guys play with, the pain and the injuries that they're willing to play with during these games. So just know that if your favorite player right now is supposedly hurt, he's going to have to really be hurt to keep him off that field because they're going to do everything they can. So you know, for me, that was one of the greatest Super Bowls to ever be played. And not because I was in it, but just because I think what we what we faced as an obstacle and what we overcame during the season and then to beat a team who was perfect all season long. Doesn't mean they did everything perfect, but they were perfect from the standpoint they won every game except for the one that mattered. So for me, that's something those memories I will always take with me and I share them as much as I, I can and as often as I can with people who want to hear it. So, you know, once again, I just want to thank you for always tuning in. And I want to really, uh, this is kind of a little shout out to everybody who has helped support me. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like a lot right now, but I've got a uh, hundred followers on all, most of my platforms. So, you know, it's like watching water boil. So, you know, this is kind of a, a me to you moment. I really want to thank you for all your help and support out there. And, uh, Hopefully, this will be a great Super Bowl for everybody to watch. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to The Route. Don't forget to subscribe and connect with us on socials for exclusive updates. We'll see you next week.